mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff from uh, Legacy Automotive up in Boulder, by the way, which really we're in Josh's backyard right now, so appreciate him joining us today and helping out. And Jeff in Montana, hang tight. I'll get right to you as well. we got a couple lines open, 303-477-5600. We're live at the Rocky Mountain Metro Airport. This is the Commemorative Air Force, a mile-high wing, Rocky Mountain car show and swap meet going until 2 o'clock this afternoon. We'll be on air roughly another hour. We'll hang around afterwards, though. we got you know, tear down and do what we need to do here anyway. So we'll be around. If you want to come by and say hi, feel free to do so. Great event, by the way, though. If you're up in this area, you still got time to come by and say hi. Real quick, Josh, this is a great question. Jeff, again, hang tight. Uh, Producer Ann had a great question mm-hmm. after what we were talking about a moment ago with, you know, the F-150s are sitting on lots and what Russ up in Cheyenne was asking. So she just asked a question. How long does it take for a new car to get lot rot? <laughs> great question, by the way. Yeah, that's that's a, a hard one on a new one. You know, a used car, they sit for a few months. It's amazing how, I know. how bad they'll go. So on a new car, you know, you know n- n- here's here's probably my answer. Not as long as you would think. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I, and some of this comes from the days of being in the dealership and, you know, having cars that would even sit through an entire cycle. Yes, back then things like that would happen. Even today, sometimes that will happen. You get some oddball car, oddball color, oddball options. Maybe somebody ordered it, canceled the order, didn't pick it up. It was too late to cancel, so the car still showed up. And it just kind of becomes this albatross of a car that sits on the lot. And I can mm-hmm. remember back in the day of, you know, you finally get that car sold, and after selling it, Having more issues than you should, warranty-wise even, because it sat on the lot for a full year. Yeah, seals going out, the batteries are bad, all this. It's Stuff just, happens. So, yeah. and great question, by the way. My answer is, not as long as you think. Right, exactly. That's the answer. So, uh, and really, good question. I appreciate that very much. Any other questions for us, by the way, lines are open. You can text us as well, 307-200-8222. Got a couple of text messages that came in. I'll try to get those answered in a moment. In the meantime, though, Jeff in Montana, you are next. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, guys. So kind of a corollary to the last couple of questions, lot rot and all that. Um, yep. There's a whole bunch of vehicles from a whole bunch of manufacturers sitting out there right now waiting for a few parts. Once those come in and they yes. start hitting the market, what do you think that's going to do to the vehicle price? Because I can see prices all of a sudden dropping no. like a rock as Nothing. dealers are trying to get rid of inventory. Nothing. There, there's not enough. Not nothing, Jeff. There's even what they're behind on. If they filled all those orders tomorrow and shipped those out again, like I said, you know, Ford is used to producing around 950,000 F-150s a year. Uh, GMC and Chevy combined, you know, do almost that around 900,000 units a year. Uh, Ram will put out 500,000 units a year. Uh, Tundras are about 200,000 units a year. I mean, the bottom line is 
they are still not going to come close to meeting the average demand of what they would have on any given year for what's out there as far as, you know, fleets wanting to buy vehicles. You know, guys like myself that typically will buy anywhere from, you know, four to eight vehicles a year, and I'm a small fleet compared to everybody else that's out there. Uh, there still is not enough to keep up with the demand. So despite what everybody else out there on the Internet even might be saying about a, an automatic overnight drop in used car prices because of what you just said, not going to happen. They're not going to produce enough to make that. They can't produce enough chips right now to make that happen, period. And the chips aren't all going to go in the vehicles all at once. It's exactly. It's going to take months for them exactly. to cycle through all the backlog. Exactly. So, so Jeff, no, nothing. Even if all 60,000 of those Ford F-150s hit the market tomorrow, not enough to meet the demand that's even there right now. Oh, okay. It was just uh, one of those things that make you go, hmm. No, it's a great question. Well, and, 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 again, it's a great question because there's a lot of folks running around on the Internet, TikTok, other places that are, you know, claiming that, you know, if what ha- if what you just said happens, it's going to drive all these prices, you know, automatically down to the ground. And the, the reality is, first of all, what they're predicting can't happen. They, they, as Josh just said a moment ago, the, and the chip manufacturers have even said this, and I've talked about this on my weekly show. First of all, they can't produce enough chips to meet all the demands for all the different products that are in the marketplace, not just cars. And unfortunately, the automotive world is sort of known as the dog of chips. What I mean by that is it is the lowest profit margin chip that chip manufacturers can make and sell is to the automakers. So the reality is they are not high on the totem pole for getting chips in the first place because they can sell them to the gamers and to all these other companies that build, even Samsung and those places that are building chips for refrigerators are going to get stuff most likely prior to even the automakers getting their contracts met. And keep in mind, these contracts were made probably years ago they're still having to fulfill those at that original price even if they came in and offer a higher price they're still low men on the totem pole and at the end of the day there just isn't enough chips to go around to meet the demand in the automotive world okay well good to know so i guess Makes sense. my vehicle value is going to hold for a while uh, yeah, despite what even, again, some of the pundits out there are claiming and some of the naysayers that, you know, are talking about the housing bubble, which there is none of, and the used car bubble, which there is none of, uh, you know, there's always going to be those naysayers out there that talk about that stuff. And the reality is, I can tell you on the car side, even more confidently than I can on the real estate side, there's no used car bubble. Used car prices are high because there's not enough new cars for people to go out, which automatically, you know, because keep in mind, everybody kind of forgets this. There are demands for cars out there on a daily basis because of, you know, needs of businesses, people having wrecks and totals where they've got to go buy another car, their old car just flat aging out to where it is not feasible to fix any longer. So, I mean, it's not always a want where somebody wants a new car. Now, that's true when you start talking about the Supra we reviewed a little bit ago. That's a want car, not a need car. But a Toyota Camry is a need car, not a want car. So you get where I'm going with this. There's just a lot of cars out there that are needed on a daily basis, including now we got we add one more layer onto that. All of the fleets that are out there, the federal government, the state governments, the city governments, all those different entities, including the rental agencies, buy cars every single year. 
none of those are getting the demand yet right now, period. You know, we, we work with Enterprise a little bit on their fleets. and They're they aging. Have, they have older cars than I've ever seen. They're aging. So yeah. point being, Jeff, there just isn't enough supply to meet all of that demand I just mentioned. Globally, you know, we're talking worldwide now, not even just the U.S. market, and we typically sell and consume about 17 million cars a year in the United States of America. So that 60,000 that we mentioned a moment ago sitting on lots is peanuts compared to everything I just said. Yes, it is. So I, I want to kind of maybe push back a little bit on a, on a broader scale on something you said, you know, housing bubble. I read that uh, commercial property in New York City is down about 25%. Yeah, yeah the inner cities. The, 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 real quick, the New York, you know, what, what you're saying is true, and I should have made an exception. There are intercities, inner cities, I should say, New York being one of those, and we even interview a guy on a regular basis talking about what prices have done there. And, yes, those particular areas have taken some hits and are going to, I think, continue to take hits. But the urban areas where we are, Denver, even you, and Montana, by the way, is going to flourish, I believe. Because And I talked to my folks up in Sterling from Novus, and I, I predicted several months ago, actually over a year ago, I said, hey, guys, be waiting. You're going to have people moving to Sterling that want to escape what's going on in the metro area Guess what I heard yesterday, Jeff? They even said, yep, what you said, John, is exactly what's happening. Lots of people now even moving into places like Sterling, Colorado, to escape the, the inner cities. So, yes, Jeff, there will oh, be yeah. some of those bubbles in those in those inner cities. But overall, countrywide, areas like here where you are, there's no housing bubble. Oh, no. It's, uh, we had, over the past year, we had an estimated 5,000 people move into our county, which is the 15th largest county in Montana. Montana wow. only has one million people, so you can kind of yep. see, you know, the n number of people that are coming in. You know, DMV can't handle new vehicle requests, that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, but I'm, sure. I'm just thinking in California, with the exodus from California out and uh, from New York out, some of the other uh, crazies, crazy locations, that if New York starts to uh, have a recession, I, I'm just kind of wondering... And it's nothing I have any data on. It's just things that make you go, hmm, again. Just, you know, what what sort of an effect would a recession in New York City well, kind of have on the rest of the country? Honestly, I don't think much. The, the other thing about the housing thing, too, and I talk about this again during the week, and for everybody listening, you know, just bear with me here because this does affect your you and your vehicle and everything happening in that world as well, including inflation. Keep in mind, Jeff, one of the things all these pundits, by the way, you know, I, I've been saying this now for a couple of years that these pundits were not saying, and I don't know why, you, know, you look at you know Richard, who's my youngest son here. He's 29, and he's different than most of his age group because he's going to be on his third house here in the not-too-distant future. Most of his age group is just now buying their first home. And, you know, Walt's standing over here by me, my other son, and same situation. You know, these guys are different. They're on, you know, multi-houses by now. But keep in mind, that generation is just now, Jeff, buying homes. There's 70 million-plus of that age group. So even if just 10% of that particular generation buy homes, that's 7 million homes we need. There aren't that many spare homes in the United States of America to meet that demand. That's why prices and availability is where it is right now. Well, there sure aren't that many in Lake County, let me tell you. <laughs> no, and there's not here either. And by the way, and, and even, yeah. even you know, to your point a moment ago, even California, 
there's not there either. I mean, yes, there are people leaving, but there's just as many people coming in and moving into those homes that they're leaving. So uh, there are going to be places, though, I think, like New York City, that are going to they're going to go through some some rough times. I believe. I think some of the inner cities, like you know, Minneapolis and and some some areas like that, where yeah, I think they're going to have some issues. But unfortunately, all that means is those individuals there that, are, that remain behind just pay higher taxes to make up for it. And I don't predict any recessions in those areas just because of what I just said. Okay, well. Great great comments, by the way, Jeff. You always have great comments. I appreciate you listening. You're faithful up there, and I appreciate it. Keep Montana free, man. We appreciate all you do, Jeff. And uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll come right back. Don't go anywhere. I believe uh, Soren is next in Fort Collins. Hang tight. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to findashop.com. All right. There we go, Josh. Wind's blowing. You can hear that. (laughs) Drive radio, KLZ 560. Again, wind's blowing because we're live out of the Rocky Mountain Metro Airport in Broomfield, and the weather today did not do what they said it was going to, and actually it's not a bad day at all. The wind's a little windy, but or the wind's blowing a little bit, but it's really not a bad bad uh, temperature at all. It's 77 degrees. It's supposed to be like 84, but the wind's making it really nice and cool. It's a great day to come out. We'll be here for roughly another 40 minutes on air, and then after that, 
Uh, the show itself is going to go till 2 o'clock, so I'd say if you want to come by and look at some really great cars and some of the great things that are going on here, uh, come on by and uh, really just stop in and say hi and enjoy yourself. Soren in Fort Collins is next. Soren, welcome. We have a line open, by the way, 303-477-5600. But, Soren, you're next. Soren, are you there? There you go. Yeah. There you go. We got you now. Go ahead. I have a question for you. So my cousin, he bought a pickup, and it was uh, a GMC 84, and he traded it. And the used car prices are so high now that uh, when he traded it, they paid him a couple thousand more to trade it to take the new pickup over the one that had 40,000 miles. Okay. That does not surprise me. Add to what you were talking to with the last dollar. Yeah, Uh, no, no, that is, that's a very, right now, that's very common. In fact, uh, I've had some folks that have called in to, you know, just me directly and to some other show, and my other shows where, the dealers have literally called people back. They've sold cars too, saying, "Hey, if you're not happy or you don't like that vehicle, bring it in. We will pay you X amount of money, even over and above what they sold it to them for originally, just to get the vehicle back to go to go sell it again." So yeah, that's happening as we speak. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, yep. Uh, my grandpa had a question for you. He said. Sure. Uh, why do they put in the car owner's manuals uh, on all of the stuff if he quit? Oh, because like they write they it. For, have, yeah, they don't write the manual just for that specific model. You know, like if it's an LX or DX, whatever package it comes with. So that's why, you know, they write the manual if it, a lot of cars have a four-cylinder or a six-cylinder. Well, they write the manual for the four and the six. So they don't have to write. So they don't individual write individual manuals. They exactly. write a universal manual. Yeah, got it. Makes sense. I guess. Yep. That's why they do that. Okay. Soren, anything else? Nope. Okay. Appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for the phone Thanks call. For calling. Uh, yeah, we've got some lines open. 303-477-5600. Give us a call. 303-477-5600. And, uh, all right. Somebody said that, uh, the demand for the, yeah, this is true too. The chip demand is also being pushed by the cryptocurrency miners, which is also true. So the cryptocurrency miners are also taking chips because those computers that they use to do the the mining of the crypto, and you, it's a, that's a long explanation as to how all that works, but they actually mine cryptocurrency. It, it's just not allocated, and uh, uh, they're buying those uh, like Matt, he said. He had to buy a computer for a couple of months ago. Uh, from a failure that they had, uh, Micro Center, which, by the way, is a great computer place here in town. If you never use them, it's a great place to, to buy stuff from. It took them three days to bill as they're also behind from a huge demand. Yeah, this particular person got a simple unit using the uh, simple unit using the motherboard graphics versus a complete extra graphics card and end up, ended up having to put a computer together uh, in that manner because of what we're talking about. So, yeah, that's a great point, by the way. Thank you for sending me, me that, and that's exactly right. There is a, a huge uh, pressure actually being put on the chip manufacturers as well, Josh, from the cryptocurrency end of things. And that's a, that's, it would take me a whole show to explain the mining of oh, and how that works and so on, but it takes a 
a lot of computer power. I guess mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is typically on the graphics side of the fence, the graphics cards and, and, and chips and things that are in those computers that actually make all that happen. So it's a, it's a very uh, power-intensive and machine-intensive thing that goes on to mine the cryptocurrency. But that's how they mine it. That's how they get it out. That's how it works. And that's putting a demand also on that end of things. And that goes to what you said earlier. They, they're using the high-end chips for right. all of the cryptocurrency, and they make more profit on it and all that. So why are they going to build the lower-end chips Correct. for Well, and then the other thing that we forget about, too, when it comes to just chips in general, too, that we probably should mention is, you know, on top of all of the automakers that – this is something we have not talked about much in a while, uh, Josh, is, you know, all of the automakers – for those of you that maybe haven't been in a or around a new car in the last 20 years, because really there's been a ton of changes that have gone on from, say, 20, from 2000 to 2020. I mean, 20 years, big changes. Even though we had a lot of computerization and things that were going on in the 2000 model year, it has gotten way above that in a 2020 model year. Now we're 2021, 2022 is coming out actually around the corner. So given all of that, we are now using in the automotive industry on any given make and model, even some low-end models, Josh. I mean, what's even a low-end model have as far as the amount of computers and modules and things that are on the car? Ten? More than that. I mean, you got to imagine even low-end cars now have power windows. It's hard to even find something. That's a module. Cars. And that's a module. Every switch on there is so a module. So we say module, chip. Yeah, a chip. Okay. Make so sure we... every power window switch, especially the driver's side door, that is a computer module, a chip. And there's multiple Wait, chips in that. Wipers are wipers now. Wipers are now. Yeah, everything has got a chip in it. That's how we got away from running bigger wires to the car. We kept smaller wires in and let computer modules run the windows up right. and down and lock the doors right. and, and run the wipers and all that. And then just as a society, here's the other thing, too. All of you know, A lot of you love the modern conveniences of what's in your coffee maker, what's in your microwave, what's even in your refrigerator or your stove or your alarm clock or your watch or your of course, cell phones, everybody gets. But keep in mind, even a lot of the digital watches... There's a chip in those. So Mm -hmm. there are chips literally now in virtually almost every single thing we're touching and using. There's very few things. And and there's so much demand in the world and the marketplace for even non-automotive chips. Go back to what I said earlier. You're you're basically taking the the hierarchy, the, the, the pecking order, I guess you would. And unfortunately, the automotive world, because of, you know, what we've, done over the years and and by the way the fact that we didn't plan ahead for some of this stuff and why those guys didn't get together and make their own you know chip manufacturing plan i realize it's super expensive it takes a ton of investment it takes a lot of regulation you know to get passed and and all of that and i get all of that but on the same token had all these manufacturers gotten together some 10 years ago even and done this they'd be ahead of the game today yeah they sure but they relied on everybody else that supplies them chips to actually do that so all right we got a call coming in i think it's paul who is next up in wyoming paul you're up next what's going on hey how you doing john good good sir hey i've got a question i've called you uh, a couple times before about this uh i got a 95z28 with a royal 60e yes and i remember asking you guys man I put in a brand new seal, front and rear, twice. Stuck it back in the car, and every time I turned it over, the transmission fluid would just spray everywhere, and it looked like it came from the seal area. Well, it's, it can't be really. So I was just wondering that oh, 
the input shaft O-ring. What does that do? I know it slides into the torque converter. Is that just a lockup or what? Yeah, one of the O-rings, that would be for that. The other thing is, you know, on the torque converter, there's no grooves in it where the seal rides because a lot of times seals will, you know, wear a groove into it. And even though you put a new seal in, it, you know, falls right in that groove and leaks on it. So I would, you know, make sure that torque converter is smooth and doesn't have any grooves worn into it. And also, and I don't know if we mentioned this in the in the past, uh, Paul, but the vent on a automatic transmission is extremely important to be free and clear and open and make sure it's functioning properly because a non-vented transmission, automatic transmission, will do exactly what you're talking about as well. A transmission to work properly and not have some of the things going on you're talking about has to be vented correctly. Now, that vent, is that that little uh, tube hose or whatever comes off the top yes. of the bell housing? Yes. Yes. Okay. How make can sure I that's hooked that up correctly. Make sure that's hooked up correctly. It's clear. Uh, in other words, make sure you can, you know, really, the best way to check those back in the day was you blew through one end to the other. And if you couldn't blow through it, it's got a problem. Okay. How do you know if it's clear? Can you blow through it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you blow through it and you can, it's clear. If you can't, and, and I mean blow freely. I mean, you ought to be able to just put up, you know, like a straw. Put your, put right. your you know, lips on the end of it, blow right through it. And if it's not like a straw where you can blow through it, you've got a problem. Uh-oh. Okay. I never thought of that. But if that O-ring was uh, war, would it cause it to do that? Possibly. Yeah, but I don't you... know about pouring out, though. Yeah, I don't think it would pour out. Oh, it sprays it. like, I mean, it's, if I put a cord in, it's gone in about a minute. I mean, it's just pumping I mean, it right it's just, out is yeah. what it's doing then. It's so, just, you, yeah, you've yeah, got either just, an internal leak or a vent problem or something because it's just pumping it right back out. No, it's just pumping it out fast as I put it in. I mean, I, it's like there's no seal in it at all. I mean, yeah, it you looks got like another that's where issue, it's coming yeah. from is that area. Yeah. But, so, so and, and did you re- – I don't remember. I'm sorry. I, we, I take so many calls throughout the month. What, uh, right. Did you rebuild it or did somebody else? I don't remember. Do I what now? Did you rebuild the transmission or did somebody else? I, I just replaced the clutches myself. Okay. And I had no problem with it for about a year. And then all of a sudden, one day I was at work and I came out and it looked like somebody cut my car's throat. There was a transmission fluid everywhere. I'm going, what? Okay. So when I started it up and looked under it, sure enough, it was spraying. So I thought it was a seal. And those transmissions on a Z28, there's only one way to get them out. You got to pull the whole motor tranny front end and everything. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, Correct. it ain't coming out. Uh, one piece correct i'm trying to get out of doing that because this will be the third time i've done that i don't blame you yeah no i i i'm and again i i not knowing it seeing it even seeing where the actual leak is coming from yeah there's a definite internal issue going on there i I mean check the vent i doubt that's the main issue going on with it but you can check that to see what the situation is and then go from there okay if it is plugged how do you how, how do you unplug it like try to ram a a piece of wire down it or what? Yeah, that's what I would do. I mean, just blow it out and run some wire through it. And, it just, and, and right. go right to the top. of the, If you can get to it, go right to the top of the transmission and take like a pipe cleaner or something and even try to clean it out that way. Okay, I'll do that. Well, okay. guys, I really appreciate it. And I hope uh, you have a good no, time down there. Appreciate it. Very, well, you are having a blast. I appreciate it very much. All right, I think Paul is next from Wheat Ridge. Hang tight. We're taking a quick break. Make sure our tent's tight down here. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Home values are rising 8, 10, and 13% in some areas. Trying to buy it but keep missing? Take AIM to show you how to make sure you're at the top of the list. Don't think you have the money to cover appraisal gaps? Let us show you options. Take AIM 
720-895-0500. Locally owned and operated since 2001. We know how to help. Rates will continue to stay low. Values will continue to increase. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Many have refinanced out of their 30-year mortgage and now have rates in the twos. Lower payment, shorter term, and they're saving thousands. Are you paying more than 3% on your debt? Convert those to a lower rate and keep more of your money. 720-895-0500. Self-employed and been told you don't qualify? Nonsense. There are many options. Talk to us and see why we've been helping those self-employed for years. Our customer service is unmatched in Colorado. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where it's all about you. NMLS 298191. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. JC's 4x4 has been Denver's premier Land Rover independent service facility since 2005. With all of today's latest off-road technology, JC's British and 4x4 is a Land Rover specialty shop. Not only do they service, but they will also outfit and restore your vehicle. The dedicated staff and attention to detail make JC's British your one-stop shop for your Land Rover or 4x4 adventures. JC's British and 4x4 is committed to quality and excellence, whether taking your kids to school or hitting the back roads for adventure. No matter what road you own from the newest Discovery and Range Rover to an older Defender or Series truck. We can help you maintain, repair, or modify your vehicle. When you're tired of paying dealer prices and only given limited options, call JC's British and 4x4 to service and customize your Land Rover or 4x4. Call JC's British and 4x4 right now at 720-586-4756. That's 720-586-4756. Or go to jcbritish.com. You need more comfortable temperatures in your home now, not six months from now. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air has air conditioning units in stock, ready to install. Worldwide production shortages of raw materials and electric parts have caused delays for HVAC manufacturers. To give you an example, one local distributor placed an order in January that finally arrived a couple of weeks ago, six months later. Delays like this in the supply chain give local, family-owned companies another chance to prove themselves. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air rises above the competition by displaying prompt professionalism in every area of their business. Their parts guy, a retired Marine, stays on top of orders, maintaining good relationships with suppliers. Thanks to their reputation for reliability, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air continues to offer 24-hour service seven days a week. Call or text now for an AC install and get what you called for. 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. 
Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive of Boulder. Make sure we don't blow away. Yeah, We don't want trying. to do the show in Kansas. No. Not yet, not today. If it blows any harder, we'll be there. Well, we're getting close. I mean, we got 25 minutes to go here roughly, and we're doing our best. So we're, we'll hold the fort down here. Uh, we've got calls coming in. One line open, 303-477-5600. Paul and Wheat Ridge is next. Paul, what's going on? Um, I've heard you espouse the theory that the greenest or most economical car is the one you own now. Am I right on that? Correct. You are correct. Okay. So I've got I've got a uh, 03 Toyota Tacoma pickup, and it I, okay. I bought some new tires for it, and I decided that the I concluded that the shop where I bought the tires wasn't very good at balancing the wheels. So I took it to a shop that, that apparently happens. apparently yeah apparently allegedly. Specializes in axle and suspension work. Okay, uh, they they've solved that problem. They even found one of their wheels was slightly out of round. Uh, I take the car home, but then I find wheel weights on the driveway. Um, so I take it back to them, and they have no reaction. They say, "Oh well, look at that." So while I had taken it back, they convinced me that I needed lower ball joints and transfer change the fluids in the transfer case and the differential case. Okay, they do that work. I bring it home, and I, next day, next two days, I, I find spots in my driveway. I, this truck has never leaked anything. So I guess my point is, uh, and, and they, they tell me after I had the fluids replaced and the ball joints, they said, now I need a steering rack, the steering rack replaced. So I guess my point is, how do you, do you keep taking, do I keep taking my truck back to a shop that's what, what year, not year is what, what year is Tacoma? An 03? It doesn't have a steering rack anyways. It's got a steering box. There's no rack on that. That's what I thought. Or does it have a, is that one of the first years for a rack? Okay. At Tacoma. Never mind. First year, one of the first years. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Yeah. But it's thinking like older. Said, it's an 03, and it's got less than 150,000 miles on it, so I want to keep this truck going. Point is, how do you how do you find a, a shop that you can trust, or do I keep taking the truck back to the shop that was making these errors? Uh, no. Because really, the way that should work is somebody should, in a shop like Josh's up in Boulder or your Wheat Ridge, Sorvada West, which is over by you. I mean, the way this would typically work is you bring the vehicle in, especially a vehicle this age where you're trying to keep it running as long as possible. You're going to do a complete full bumper-to-bumper inspection front to back, get a complete listing. And by the way, some people don't like those lists, but I feel they're necessary. It's like going in and getting a physical. And when you get a physical back, yeah. you may not like the results the doctor gives you, but the results are the results. And that's my problem where people get, you know, nitpicky with car re- repair places where, you know, somebody takes a car in and they get this laundry list back and they all of a sudden think the guy's trying to rip them off. Actually, I would prefer that because at least then you know every single thing on the vehicle. Now, I don't like high-pressure sales tactics, which none of our guys in our group would ever use, but you want to know right. what are you up against, what's coming down the road, and what do you need to fix. So somebody should have already gone through all of that, given you the complete laundry list with a 
guideline as to here's a red, here's a yellow, here's a you know here here's an here's an orange one. Where you know in other words, here's the here's the hierarchy of what we want to do repair wise and what you need to be budgeting to get all these done. That's a proper repair right. place. All right, so I had that. If you don't have that, you got to find one. I, yeah, before I bought it, I had it done at, at a place that used to be part of your uh, partnership down on uh, 38th and Sheridan uh, that was there for a long time. So uh, do I now, again, I don't want to take this truck back to the place that uh, where the wheel weights are falling off and they, they result in it leaking. So uh, no, I wouldn't is, is there such a thing with rack and, the rack and pinion or the rack, is there such a thing I've read about as the, as the death rattle or how can I tell myself what are the symptoms that it, it might be going bad? I mean, the main thing on those Toyotas, you would feel a little bit of play in the steering wheel on that. You don't get the death rattle or death wobble like the Jeeps do. No. But you'll feel, you know, excessive play in the steering wheel on that. And is you know, and a lot of leaks leaks would be the other thing. The main thing on it. Okay, and and I I do have a little bit of uh, about 65 miles an hour. It does shake a little bit. You know, the the steering wheel shake a little bit. Now I don't know if that's wheels being out of balance or if that's the steering rack that might be the rack because usually an out-of-balance tire comes in about 55 is when you feel that and that's that's not with the brakes on right 65 is with your brakes off so that's usually when you feel it because what happens with those yeah the the toyota racks is they actually they leak usually ahead but there's bushings at the end that hold the inner tie rods in and those go bad and that's where we get most of the play on those it's not the actual inner tie rods it's actually the rack itself the bushings in it that go bad and we get that play and that's usually when you start to feel it about 65 70 on those trucks you know because they those rack bushings go out and that's when you will feel it and tire bounce is usually around 55 when Mm -hmm. that comes in yeah mine is right at six between 65 and 70 like you're saying so is there and that's, a shop and if they've already done recommend for this? Yeah, go see. Well, we, not Wheat Ridge, but we've got our Battle Rest. What you know, right, really, right next door, not that far away. They're they're really at sixty fourth, and and you know that Ward area right in there. So you know, you know Ward and sixty fourth, they're they're literally just a little east of Ward Road, right there, not that far from you. Yeah. Well worth the trip. You know, go over there and talk to Richie and the guys and get you fixed up. And then they said the, the original shop said that the, uh, the to replace the steering rack again that's their phrase that was uh, at least two thousand dollars is that about a ballpark? That's pretty close. Sometimes a little bit less on that, but you know it's around. I'd say you know I think it's about one thousand seven hundred fifty bucks somewhere okay. there okay. on the average. You know, but with an alignment on that, that's probably pretty close. Okay. All right. Well, good advice, guys. I appreciate it. No, Paul, thank you very much. Great. By the way, great questions on that, too. And, yes, folks, th- those of you listening, if you are going to a facility that is only fixing what's wrong and not giving you a rundown on the rest of the vehicle and what potentially is wrong on it, you are at the wrong facility. And I know that a lot of you don't like that. I've seen even comments on a lot of the Facebook groups, and I'm a member of the Arvada Facebook group, and uh, – I was reading one the other day where somebody was basically commenting on that. I just want to go to a repair place where they just fix what I need done. They don't tell me anything else. I don't want a laundry list, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, number one, you're an awful customer. Number two, you don't know anything about what your vehicle really needs. Number three, you're the guy that's on the side of the road broke that I don't want to be behind all the time because you're going to be the one causing a traffic jam, not everybody else. So you're the guy I don't want to be around because you don't understand how this works. You really do want a place that's going to tell you everything that's on the vehicle and then make it 
your choice as to what you want to fix or not fix. Again, high pressure, no. We are not for, I'm not for, I would never advocate for that. But outside of that, yes, you need to know what's going on with your vehicle. Ken and Evergreen is up next with, I think, a comment on chips. Go ahead, Ken. What's going on? Uh, Yeah, I think it was you or somebody else was talking about making a vehicle that had fewer or no chips in it. It's just, you know, kind of a stripped-down thing to uh, uh, mitigate this chip shortage problem. Yeah, we talked about that. We we talked about that. You know, I had a a caller call in several weeks ago that was mentioning that, and we kind of were, you know, just kind of had a little roundtable about, you know, could that be done? Is that something the manufacturer could do? And, and I will tell you right now that while that's a grand idea, uh, with the way the EPA and the feds and the N- NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, you know, all these guys that are involved in, in the regulations and structure they put on the manufacturers and where they have to be with cafe ratings and safety and airbag deployment and the safety of and the, the what are we on, the fifth or sixth generation airbags now. I mean, on down the line we go. I mean, everybody forgets about that, too. There are chips Ken, most people don't realize this, but on a modern vehicle, and this has been now for several years, they actually know the weight of the driver and the passenger, and they deploy the bag according to the weight that's actually on the seat. That's how technical things are, and there are, again, chips running that part of it as well. I didn't know that. So really, it comes down to it's just unlikely to happen. Good idea, but it's a great idea, very unlikely. Yeah. I, I, I sort of long for the good old days. By the way, I'm envious of this guy with the Z28, even with the transmission problems, because it's just a, it was a cool car. Yeah. It's like the yeah. Mustang. And I own, it just, they are. They, although I'll say this, and, and, and I'm, a, I'm a guy, and I can I think I can speak to this probably as well as anybody. I'm at a car show right now. I drove my 72 GMC over. I had a 40 Ford here that we just picked up from a good friend of ours up in Seattle. And, you know, those are great cars. Easy, easy to maintain, easy to take care of. And I get it. And they're great cars, not knocking them in the least. But if I'm going to go from even, you know, here to Colorado Springs and back, no offense, I don't want to be in either one of those vehicles to do that. I'm going to go jump in one of my modern vehicles that has all the modern conveniences that that I don't have to, quote, unquote, drive. I steer it. And there's a big difference. And, yeah, the old cars, you drove them. These new cars, literally, you just steer them where you want to go, and they take you where you want to go. And there's very little uh, trouble and and maintenance. And, I mean, everything that it takes to do that. I mean, we were talking yesterday, my dad and uncle and I, about points. You know, back in the day when cars had points, you tuned a car up every tw- every ten to 12,000 miles, period, mm-hmm. period. I mean, you change the oil every two to 3,000 miles. It was in the shop constantly, and you, you tuned them up annually. Not every three, four, five years, but annually. Those days are long gone. You don't do that on modern vehicles. With that comes I, I, all of these chips and the other things we don't like. I'd like to see something with a compromise between the old and the new so that Joe's six-pack could have something that needs a little bit less maintenance and but it's got durability like a Corolla, Toyota, or something. And and uh, you know when I was a kid, we, we we had this old pickup. And it was like a '65 Chevy six, and that thing it ended up it lasted probably longer than most. It got almost a half a million miles on it. And and the only way to shoot to, to get it off the road was you'd have to shoot it with a, a medium caliber gun, you know. And right, and right. Uh, that's what I'd like right. to see for Joe Sixpack. And, and the closest I ever that's got a, to a Z twenty eight was what? Go ahead, sorry. 
No, no, go ahead. No, you're fine. Close to you out to Z28 was what? Uh, I had a 76 Firebird. Yeah. And uh, talk nice. about regulation. That car yep. came from California. <laughs> and it had so many registrations and tickets and paperwork. It was about three sixteenths of a an inch deep when it yep. was all put to all the paperwork for that car. Yep. I yep. mean, <laughs> and, and I'm thinking we kind of lost our way. All these regulations, they, they're great until you want to do something, That's anything. Right. You're right. And can't so, argue that. Uh, anyway. No, yeah. good comments, anyway, Craig. I, got, no, no, can I appreciate it. Mike, Craig, hang tight. Ken, I'm going to let you go. Uh, see if we can get out of this wind for just a moment. Mike, hang tight. Craig, also, we'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly. And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. As the inventor of windshield repair, Novus Autoglass saves you money by repairing chips and cracks whenever possible. With their patented glass repair technology, Novus can tackle tougher cracks than the competition. In some cases, they can repair cracks up to a foot long, but you have a much better chance at a repair by acting fast. Something as simple as going through a car wash could make your little chip or crack irreparable. For KLZ listeners only, Novus will send you a packet of protective windshield stickers for free. Little pieces of specially designed tape to cover any chips or cracks as soon as they appear like a bandage for your glass. Request your free windshield patches now at klzradio.com forward slash glass. No matter what sort of damage you're dealing with, there's never any risk with a Novus repair. Should your windshield repair fail, they will credit the cost toward a replacement. klzradio.com forward slash glass. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Last segment, by the way. We've been live today, still are live today. We haven't gone anywhere. We're at the Rocky Mountain Metro Airport. 
for the big car show that's up here. This has been fabulous, and we appreciate the guys having us out. Commemorative Air Force Mile High Wing, the Rocky Mountain Car Show, and Swap Meet, and we've, we've had a ball. Lines are full. We'll get to these as we can. If somebody drops off and you feel like calling in, feel like, you know, f- please do so. We'll get you in as soon as we can here, top of the hour. Uh, Mike and Highlands Ranch, what's going on? John, I just had a comment on Paul and his, in his, you followed up with, and I was just thrilled at your remarks because, um, uh, first of all, I'm assuming that, that that was the first time he's changed the differentials is after 150,000 miles, which, which is shocking to me. Uh, two, the, the, the other thing is, I think you can, uh, people tend to step over a dollar to save a dime. Yes. And that is, I don't want to hear about all the things, you know, as you said, a full diagnostic, knowing that is worth its weight in gold as opposed to saying, I don't want to know about it till it breaks. Right. And normally when it breaks, you've got other issues and That's it right. costs you more than it would have to maintain it. You yep. have preached this on your show forever and ever. And you, without question, uh, the the uh, the modern cars, as you pointed out, are remarkable compared to ten thousand mile tunes and changing plugs and points yeah. and all that stuff. But they still have maintenance points. Uh, by way of example, I just had a friend of mine say, "I got to put some new shocks on my truck because it's bouncing all, all over the place." He came up from. New Mexico, and he said it's got 120,000 on it. I would have changed shocks at 50 <laughs> and then too. 100. But, Me too. You know, Great point. Um, it, because primarily at changing at 120, you probably damaged joints, other suspension parts. It's going to cost you a lot more. So you yep. have stepped over a dollar to save yep. a dime. Yep. You're right. You are and correct. So, uh, and you guys say this all the time, and God bless Paul, nothing against him, but the shop that he found, uh, I'd run so fast. Go go to one of your yep. guys, get Agree. a full diagnostic, figure out what's going on with it. They're happy to tell you whether you need to replace this now or you can wait. I mean, yep. and, and there's no pressure. I've used a lot of your shops on your program. There's absolutely, and this isn't an advertisement, this is practicality. This is how you save money and not spend it. You do it That's with right. maintenance. You're right, hey, Mike. I, thanks for the commercial. I had, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send your check this week. How's that? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're a good man, Mike. I, no, I appreciate it. No, great words. I appreciate that very much. Thanks. I, I really, I do appreciate that. Craig and Wheatridge, you're next, sir. Hey, John. Good to see you up there at the show. I couldn't take the smoke anymore. I don't Likewise. know how you're doing that up there. Boy. Oh, I don't, um, I, I don't have any choice. Here we are. Right. So you mentioned earlier, well, you know, it packed into this infrastructure bill way at the back, you know, in the fine print, yes. is this desire for the government to want to put devices in your car to basically what even breathalyzer type situation and also a mileage uh, or they can track your mileage and then and tax you or whatever they want to call it yeah the part, the part, i didn't read anything about the breathalyzer side but i've read the the uh the portion where it's talking about the you know mileage taxing and from what I'm reading, and i got to do more investigation, which, by the way, I'm not opposed to if it, in fact, is the way that it's being 
you know, the way I've read and it's being described to me, if it is this way, I'm not against it. They're talking about doing a mileage tax, you know, mileage road tax for EV and those type vehicles. And honestly, Craig, if that's all it's for, I'm I'm for that because right now EVs pay nothing as far as road tax goes, and they need to be. So if that's all it is, I'm fine. If it's going to migrate into everybody having that, well, that's a whole other conversation. Well, I know they're they're hoping to keep everybody. I mean, a lot of the major automakers said they're going to go full EV, or at least half of their fleet is going to be full or EV at some point Correct. in the near future. Correct. Um, are the automakers just willing to roll over and and let yes. Joe Biden their belly? I mean, yes. I, I mean, yes, and not- yes. You read the statement. You heard the state. I don't know if you were listening this last week, but I read the statement. I got an email from Audi earlier in the week talking about the joint effort between them and Ford and Mercedes and several different manufacturers, talking about how you know they helped with what went on in California with the you know the change in the rollback of some of the cafe ratings and things that had been changed by the previous administration. Basically, you know, praising themselves for what they've gotten done and the fact that they want. This infrastructure deal to go through. They want more more EV stations, basically on the government's dime, versus you know the capitalist market paying for them instead. And I read that and I thought, well, yeah, you guys are just part of the problem. I, honestly, you're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem. Well, do you, do you see a where we could come to a point where uh, consumers that are not necessarily on board going full electric? Um, start looking at other automakers that haven't gotten on board with this program. And said, I think you, know, you can very good. easily – no, no, no. I think, Craig, one thing you – and I'm going to talk about that even this week some. I think you break up a great, a great, great point. I think down the road you're going to see some competitiveness where some are going to say, we're not going – Toyota, Toyota's saying, we're not going that way. There's not enough electricity right now even in the grid to do what you guys are wanting to be done. So Toyota's one that's saying, no, we are not going that direction. We're going to stick with our hybrid technology. We think that's a better technology and a better future currently until other things change with our power grid and so on. So, no, Craig, I think you're going to see some of that battle happen down the road very easily. Yes. Well, I've got a friend that bought the, uh, the Power Boost. It's kind of the hybrid F-150. Uh-huh. And we talked this morning about, of course, they have the full electric F-150, now the Lightning. Right. And, you know, there are limitations to that Lightning, especially when you're hauling a payload or towing. Oh, big time. I mean, they big time. You may yeah, have the other a, thing, a yeah, range the other thing of- they haven't talked about real quick on that Lightning, which is, which is you know, insane they have it you know, nobody's talked about the thing pulling the load up by 70 i mean come on guys you know you start going up a 13 you know seven to 13 percent grade what's that do to the you know your battery and your distance and so on and yeah it's going to drop it you know josh, josh is putting his finger down you know he's going to drop that thing like a rock oh yeah if you've ever driven any hybrid up by 70 it just goes to zero down. and then you get up to the top and come down and you get to charge it back up correct but... <laughs> correct exactly so yeah they're, they're not talking about any of that at this point craig yeah, they're saying you may have as little as a hundred mile range if you're that's right. if you're towing something, and that that's, that's right. like you say, not necessarily not up gonna work. No, no, not yeah. going to work. Craig, thanks for stopping by earlier. By the way, it's great seeing you. I'm gonna let you go real quick. See if I can squeeze this last call in. I only got a minute. Gary, I got one minute. What can I do for you, sir? I got a 2015 Kia Forte Coupe. I got an idiot light for the SRS system, which is the airbag. Airbags. Got yep. the got the code pulled, and they needed to replace the. Uh, the uh what do you call it the module the uh se the bag module the airbag module yeah yeah bag module and i did a little research it looks like you know the the module itself runs a couple hundred dollars probably three or four hours labor is that about right and you got to reprogram it as well yeah yeah 
Yes, you have to program that at the same time. You need special tools that, to do that is the problem. Yeah, does that uh, – I didn't want to go to a Kia dealer because they rip you off. Um, do other facilities do that, other repair shops? You know what? That's I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hang up really quick. Call Josh first of the week. I know you're in Denver. He's in Boulder. But let's see if he can't help you figure out who can maybe do that closer to you. Give Josh a call. What's your number, Josh? 303-396-0555. All right, guys. With that, we're going to get out of here. Again, we've been live up at the Rocky Mountain uh, Airport Car Show. It's been a great day. Charlie back in the studio. Larry back in the studio answering calls. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate it. We're out of here, though. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back on Monday. Rush to Reason. This is KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com, email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.